Christian churches all over the world have read some version of the Passion, this story of Jesus' final hours of his uh, wrongful trial, his death by crucifixion. Christians all over the world have, have read it or had it read to them or have listened to it as choirs have sung it or people have portrayed it. In many a place, the part of Jesus is cast as a bass baritone, or maybe a tenor, or maybe in a radical place, a church might want to do something new and a woman will be cast as Jesus. But some years ago, I was working in another church with a priest who had um, what I thought was an even more radical idea, radical being um, back to the base, the root of things, the real meaning of the way we proclaim this story. The idea being what we just did, that the people read the part of Jesus That we begin to understand Jesus not as as one individual who's over and against the system, but that we incarnate Christ, that we put Christ on, that we try to imagine what it might have been like to have been in his shoes, not only in the place of being wrongfully accused of having everything stacked against us, but of saying those incredibly difficult words, Father, forgive them. I don't know about you, but it always feels a little strange for me to to say those words of Jesus. I mean, who am I I that I might say those words? Those words belong to him, not to me, not to us. And yet, isn't that really the point of the Incarnation, the point we celebrate at Christmas, that God has come into the world in flesh to be like us, to move us even more closely to be more like God? Many of you know that um, every three years we read a different version of this Passion. We always read John's version on Good Friday, and so we'll hear that uh, at the end of this week. Um, But we rotate through Matthew, Mark, Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke this year is Luke, obviously. And if you're to look back at that first part of the Gospel, the one we nicknamed the Palm Gospel, you'll notice something strange about it. There are no palms. There are no palms in it. We have to wait until Good Friday's version, the the gospel according to John, to find the palms. Luke says the people spread their cloaks, their outer garments. Other gospels say they grabbed branches. There's many a theology PhD dissertation written on whether they were palms or not and what the various meanings might be. But I find it interesting that Luke says nothing about palms. But there's a sense that the people participate fully uh, with their garments, with their their coats, with their, their things. They give of themselves. Way back in the 8th century, there was a monk named Andrew of Crete. He's best known for his hymns and his sermons. But about this gospel the existence or non-existence of palms, Andrew made a wonderful point. He writes, 
It is ourselves that we must spread under Christ's feet. Not coats or lifeless branches or shoots of trees, matter which wastes away and delights the eye only for a few brief hours, but we have clothed ourselves with Christ's grace, with the whole Christ, for as many of of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, to quote Paul. And so let us spread ourselves like coats under his feet. What might that look like in our church, in our community, in our city, in the world? If we were able to live into that kind of humility, where we we put ourselves lower so that Christ can be higher, Those words of mercy that we said in the Passion, those words of forgiveness for others, those words toward understanding might come a little more easily. The whole point of the incarnation, which makes possible the the resurrection, is that God has come into the world to be like us so that we can be more like God. And so we're invited uh, yet again, yet even more deeply, ever, ever more honestly, ever more truly, to follow Christ as closely as possible. It is ourselves that we spread under Christ's feet. What Andrew of Crete is suggesting, I think, is that we do all we can to allow Christ to be head of us and lead us forward. That somehow by lowering ourselves every once in a while at least in a, in, in a conversation, in a situation, that Christ is raised up somehow in the other person, in ourselves, in that space in between. Christ then grows, raised and renewed and resurrected, grows within us and around us to allow his words to take new shape, to take new form, to allow his work of life and death and resurrection to to wash over us and overtake us and even to overwhelm us and to change us. These liturgies of Holy Week are opportunities for prayer and silence and and music and, and wonder and waiting All these various liturgies give us opportunities to to slow down, uh, to set aside the busy calendar and the to-do list. You might be able to come back to this church during the week. If if there are other churches near where you work or live, uh, check them out. See what's going on. We can put on hold the endless list of shoulds, This week in particular, we're invited to worship. We're invited to watch and to wait and to pray and to adore so that next week we might claim the power of our baptism with new faith that we have died with Christ and that through him we are raised to new life. And so may we spread our lives before Christ so that he might be raised in us and that we might be raised into the glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.